investigative or journalistic podcast, there is so much editing that goes into those. And the sound designers and sound engineers behind it are incredibly talented. And with those types of shows, the listener is expecting to have a lot of editing uh, because how it flows is a story. We need sounds to and soundscapes to kind of help us understand what we're supposed to feel and move us through um, the narrative as well. This is the Business Storytelling Show with Christoph Trapp. Name a top 20 storytelling podcast and a top 5% podcast globally. Christoph chats with thought leaders and experts to share tips and tricks that can help you tell your company's stories better to drive business results. Available wherever you listen to podcasts, live streamed on major social media channels, and part of the DB&A television network. Available on most U.S. television sets and streaming on Roku and Amazon Fire. Here's Christoph with today's episode. Let's go. Let's go, business storytellers. How's everyone doing? Welcome to the Business Storytelling Show, where we're going to be talking about branded podcasts today. What the heck is that? What's a branded podcast? Who should do it? Why should we do it? Every time I hear branded content, though, my friends, I'm thinking ads, but I know I'm wrong. That's not what that necessarily means, because really, you know, this is kind of a branded podcast. I think we'll ask today's guest if she agrees or disagrees with me um, because, you know, some debate can be good. Alison Osborne helps companies uh, do podcast production, podcast hosting. We need that to not podcast hosting like me being the host, but where you actually put your podcast and host the, uh, the all the files and all that. So let's get Alison on the show here. Really looking forward to today's discussion about branded shows. Allison, welcome. Thank you. We'll do the whole going out too. <laughs> Nobody hit the camera. That is yeah. half battle. Really appreciate you coming on. And I, I always love running across experts like you. Uh, you guys published an entire report on branded podcast and, and all kinds of different things. And uh, certainly that was an interesting read. But and I'm pretty sure I put the notes, uh, the link in the notes, in the comments or whatever on the live stream. So check that out. But tell me, what in, what in the world is a branded podcast anyway? Yeah, so I'm sure people would have different definitions. How we like to identify them in our company is a podcast series that's owned and brought to listeners by a company with the purpose to benefit that brand. Uh, and really any brand or company of any size in any industry can be producing a branded podcast. Well, I mean, that sounds simple enough. Any company can produce it. And, and what's interesting about your answer is actually that you're not addressing the quality of the podcast, right? So a brand, a podcast could be, I mean, a company can do a podcast and they literally just talk about, just to pick on this thing, the benefits and the features of their product for 30 minutes every week and will put us all to sleep. That's a brand of podcast or a brand of podcast could be a company who has thought leaders come on every once in a while. They talk about the product and make it uh, interesting. But but which one of these is better? I mean, I, I kind of hinted at my opinion, but but which one is actually better? Well, I would say that obviously producing a brand of podcast that is of higher quality will be the 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 show that resonates most with your listeners. At the end of the day, it does depend on your brand, your audience, and what your goals are. I've seen some really interesting uh, podcasts that have been produced that are 
maybe only two minutes long. And uh, there's one that I saw that actually was made to be the same length that you should be brushing your teeth. And it was for a toothpaste or toothbrush brand, uh, which is a very creative and interesting way to use branded podcasts. So that one is still a, a branded show, but it's not the same as one that's maybe producing a 45 minute interview show with corporate leaders. So it's very, it's open to the playing field and, and how your brand is going to use it and how your listeners are going to take it. And you know what I struggle with, with what you just said? I think that's fantastic, right? A two-minute podcast because that's how long you should be brushing your teeth. From a creative perspective, I think that's brilliant. Awesome. I'm like, oh, you know, I wish I would have thought about that. If I mean, I don't work for a toothpaste company, but you know what I mean? It's a super <laughs> creative idea. But then from a production perspective or consumer behavior perspective, I'm kind of cringing a little bit because I, and even when Joe Polizzi was on the show and he has a very short podcast, the tilt, right? Super short. And he just one idea. And I'm like, I would like that to be longer. And he's like, I've just one idea, the end, that's it. And they're good ideas, but I listen to podcasts in the background, right? So I don't hear every word they say. They're just like, they're playing in the background and I learn certain things here and there. And then sometimes people just talk and I don't care about a topic and they go on and whatever. Um, so it's very interesting to decide what is the right length, what makes sense. But certainly the two minute to brush your teeth is fantastic. Oh, and the other thing is because people listen on up, uh, the, the faster speeds. I listen at 1.5 speeds. It's harder and harder to listen to short podcasts. What companies should actually do branded podcasts. I mean, you know, I've seen B2B companies, certainly in my day job, we do a branded podcast. Uh, I've done them before in other, uh, in, in other projects and, you know, they work, they, they get us a lot of content, but what companies particularly um, should enter that field? Yeah. So I think that when podcasts or branded podcasts first started to gain in popularity, it was very B2C focused. So we saw Trader Joe's, we saw Sephora, um, and a lot of even like Blue Apron and these types of companies that were producing great content and really growing. But I would say that over the last couple of years, we've seen a wave in B2B podcasts as well. Um, I think that even just overall in B2B marketing, it's really started to adapt to the storytelling mindset that we've seen in the B2B sphere uh, for years now. And to me, that's very exciting to see. So I'm I'm looking forward to continuing to see what sort of B2B brands are producing podcasts as well. But with that being said, podcasts are really an open medium to any industry, any size, any type of audience. But what I would say are questions you should be asking yourself if you are a brand thinking about producing a branded podcast is if you're one committed to a long-term strategy. So we always say that branded podcast is not a sprint, it's a marathon. Uh, you can't really expect to launch a branded podcast and see incredible results immediately. It, it really takes time, it takes quality content, it takes resources, and it takes consistency. So if you're willing to commit to that strategy, then you'll really be able to unleash the power of a branded show. And there are tons of benefits that come with them around connecting to your audience, connecting to your guests, uh, building a more intimate relationship with your listeners and, and being able to take them off just the podcasting apps as well. And then I'd also say if storytelling is an important element of your marketing strategy, 
obviously this doesn't need to be a straight fiction story that you're developing and sharing on your show. It doesn't need to be that high of production, but even if it's an interview podcast, having that sort of story element between the host and the guests or two co-hosts or whatever it may be, uh, it's a really effective medium to be able to share stories for your brand in that way. And then also if you have the resources to do it well, this doesn't necessarily mean budget. Uh, Obviously, if you're looking to have help, then you will want to set aside budget for freelancers or for an agency as well, but also just the resources around people in your company to be able to focus on building an effective strategy around your podcast and also the time to build a podcast. It takes a lot of time. And like I mentioned before, it does come down to consistency. So as long as you can have the people on your team to dedicate the time to be consistent, then I think that your brand might be ready to to test out a branded podcast. You know, I mean, so many good nuggets in there that we can dive into deeper. The one thing I really love is the long-term strategy. And of course, uh, what I find interesting about that is I always like to fiddle with different things, right? Put my podcast here. I mean, this whole thing of why we are live today is literally was one of my strategies to get more people listening to my podcast, right? Because I'm like, why wouldn't I live stream it? Why wouldn't I allow people to watch it right now? That's why we're on TV. That's why we're on the podcast apps. And the other thing I did on my website, which gets far more traffic than most of my podcast episodes, I have the latest episodes embedded underneath each article. So a lot of people, when they read the article, they click on the they click on it and they listen to it. So the numbers have gone way up. So it is certainly keep pushing forward. But also while you're doing that, try different things, try new things. Now, Allison, I know part of your company is a production studio, and I I think you will appreciate that. Let me know your honest answer. But I have completely changed my opinion on production quality. Three years ago, I said, whatever, you don't need a mic. You don't need five lights. You don't need a fake backdrop. Just use your iPhone and record it and go. And at that time, I thought that was probably fine. But today, more and more companies are doing it. More and more people are doing it. So I believe production quality doesn't need to be 4k or something like that maybe but it needs to be stepped up i mean it needs to be good right i mean do you agree or disagree i completely agree production quality i think it comes in the form of actual sound so making sure that your podcast sounds high quality but also showing that there has been effort and thought put into the topics and formats that you're not just creating another podcast to throw out there and it's a another more traditional format or style that there is some thoughts behind it of how it's valuable to your listeners why they would want to listen and I think that's the most important question to ask is before you create your show or even while you're creating your show ask yourself why do my listeners want to tune in and then also ask yourself would I tune in? Would I listen to it? And if the answer isn't a yes, then maybe go back to the drawing board to think about how you can boost the quality on the actual production side of it in the sense of sound design and uh, lighting and sound effects and that kind of stuff too, but then also on the format end of it as well. Well, certainly, you know, what's interesting, if you go back to some of my first episodes, the format was horrible. I didn't delete them because I don't because people were listening to them. But the format, right, like the fist bump and the 
intro and outro and all this stuff didn't exist early on. And I would argue that it has made the show way better just to, you know, make it more. I mean, even when you came on, right. I mean, you immediately were smiling. I was smiling. Everybody (laughs) was having fun. It's not just us being here, you know, sitting here stuffily talking about whatever topic we're talking about. So I think the format matters. What do you think is more important? Good audio or good video? Or if, or should you even do video? So I would say, and I feel like this is not a, a very generic answer of it depends on the brand. Uh, I think that video can be valuable for certain formats, like an interview show like this, where uh, it's a more of a casual conversation and you want to see um, both the host as well as the guests speaking on the subjects. I think that video can be useful in that sense. I think that it can also be useful for promotion as well. It doesn't necessarily need to be a video of the entire podcast that gets shared. You can use video as just clips for promotion or even use video as a a teaser for the episode or to show background footage of you setting up the podcast, you having a quick Q&A with the guests or whatever it may be. If you have the resources for video as well, because it, it does take more time It's a different style of editing. You might not be able to edit it as much if you want it to match your audio, then totally go for video. YouTube is a great platform for podcasts and and a growing platform as well for where people tune in and listen to their shows. So if you can, I'm in support of video. Um, On the note of video quality versus sound quality, I would say if you had to choose one, then I would go with sound quality because obviously podcasts are primarily an audio focused medium. And if you're trying to tap into listeners across all listening apps, and then as an addition, have video associated to it too, then I would prioritize your sound and do video next. I'm pretty sure every single person I've asked that question to gave that exact answer audio first. (laughs) And with with varying explanations, right? The other explanation I hear quite often is uh, because if our video is not perfect, people might just not look at the video, right? They, but they still listen. But if our audio is bad, they it's really, really hard to listen to us. Now, the one thing I know for a fact is that when I listen to podcasts, so let's say I got my entire feed, right, fills up in the morning and there's all this stuff and the topic is halfway interesting, but the audio is horrible and I got 20 more podcasts. I'm moving on. I'm already I'm done. done. Yes, yes. <laughs> right. Um, so let's talk about editing a little bit. So I have, I think I have strong opinions on editing. Um, I don't edit at all, typically. And that's partially because we're trying to get it in one take. We're already live um, and it goes to TV. It's in the right time, time slot and all that. But the other day I had a show and it was just a hot mess. My audio was horrible at the beginning. Then her audio was, wasn't good for a minute. Then I was on mute for a second, which seriously, 2022 people. <laughs> and so I edited it, but I do the opening again and it was just me. And then I go, and that's now, uh, Leslie, what do you think about that? So I couldn't like in the video, the cut was really weird, right? Because it went from me to just her on audio. You probably couldn't even tell how weird that was. Uh, But how important is editing and how much should you edit? I would say that obviously if we're looking at a 
fiction narrative or journalistic podcast, there is so much editing that goes into those. And the sound designers and sound engineers behind it are incredibly talented. And with those types of shows, the listener is expecting to have a lot of editing uh, because how it flows is a story. We need sounds to and soundscapes to kind of help us understand what we're supposed to feel, move us through um, the narrative as well. So with those types of shows, editing is expected uh, by the listener. So a lot of emphasis on that. For shows like this, where it's an interview podcast, a listener might not be expecting as much editing. Yes, uh, it's common to have transitional breaks within interview podcasts as well. Either you're adding an advertisement or it's just a a clip of music to give your listener a break if it's a longer show. Um, That is to be expected. But I would say that typically in an interview show, not as much editing goes into it. Unless, of course, there's something that was said that maybe the guest wants to take out or the host wants to take out, which especially for brands being able to give their guests and the host that option uh, can can feel like a bit of a safety net uh, in case anything goes wrong, technical glitches, because podcasting, there is commonly some technical errors when we're getting set up, uh, like you just mentioned with your show previously. your listeners are used to and uh, what they expect. So if they never hear any sort of edits uh, come from your end of the show, and then all of a sudden an episode goes out and there's a bunch of edits in it, then that's going to be a bit jarring for them because what they've been listening to consistently has now changed. That's not necessarily a bad thing because maybe they prefer to have the edited version and they prefer to have new soundscapes um, and have you introduce the show in a different way. Then you can definitely test that in your data and move forward with whatever works best. Uh, But overall, I would say interview shows tend to not have as much editing as a journalistic or narrative show would. So I, I, that's actually may have been one of the best answers I've ever heard on that question is because the journalistic, so that's like the the, the true crime podcast, you know, the, uh, the the town in Ohio, whatever that one was, you know, where stuff was happening. And, and certainly uh, you have to have editing because it's more of a story. It's not just us having a conversation. We're still sharing a story, but it's not the same. We're not historically going back in time and running a recording from eight years ago or something like that, typically. So very, very interesting to think about it that way. Now, uh, we talked about a long-term strategy. First of all, I'd be interested to hear your definition of long-term. What's like, how soon can we see some results, even if they're just um, trickling in? I would say that I've seen... I've seen a range. I've seen some podcasts launch and it can be within the first couple of months that they start seeing results or sometimes it's in the second or third season. Uh, So it can it can take some time to build and grow. And I think that it comes down to a few things. So if you're a brand, it comes down to the following that you already have. So if you already have a very strong and steady following, it can be easier to start gra- uh, grabbing onto those listeners and, and gaining traction for your show because you have that base there that's likely to be tuning in. Uh, I also think that it depends on who you're trying to target for your audience. So if it's very niche, 
then it might be a smaller audience and you might be looking at engagement metrics more than awareness metrics. So it might be things like average consumption rates. Um, it can't even be downloads over time or unique listeners if you do, do want to see any growth in your audience there. But I would say that it's not as focused on how many listeners you're getting, but more so how they're listening. And then I would also say if you are a brand and you're trying to make your podcast into kind of its own brand itself, in the sense that it has its own social channels, it has its own newsletter, which I have seen in the past too, then that will take even more time to grow as well. And then also the resources that you can put behind marketing. I think that marketing your podcast is incredibly important and it can be hard. It's it's a medium that not a lot of people are used to marketing. So there's no really cookie cutter strategy for what works and what doesn't. Most people just say it comes down to word of mouth, which as we know is a, an incredibly, incredibly powerful channel, but a very hard one to uh, achieve and achieve that sort of virality with it. So uh, the resources that you have for marketing is important too. And this is again, time, budget, people, uh, channels that your brand has access to that you'd be able to share the podcast across. And, you, you know, you kind of answered the question a little bit, I think, already embedded in your answer to that previous question on on how do you know what success looks like? And it's always interesting to me because the older I get, the more I, th I, I start to believe and I really walk this walk is everything comes back to what's the goal, right? What's the goal of the podcast? So I'll give you an example. This podcast is probably way more on the media side of things than, uh, than any B2B podcast ever would be, right? The only revenue this podcast makes is through sponsorships, through sponsored guests, through advertising, what really a media company would do, right? And I don't really sell anything. Like I'm not opposed to people reaching out and hiring me for a project, he project here and there, but I'm not actively reaching out to sell any service, right? And that's not the point of the show. So I know what my goal is. And the other goal is I enjoy the show and I enjoy to see how it's grown over the years. And it actually really took off in the last 15 months. So it's just something to keep in mind. We're in 2022 and I started this podcast walking around tracks while traveling and talking to my iPhone in 2019. So um, certainly it takes a little bit of time, but what other metrics should people look at to know that whatever they're trying to do is working and, and how important is it to set a goal and set the correct goal? Yeah. So I like to break goals. There, there's so many goals that a, a podcast may have, but I like to look at brand awareness as one, uh, brand perception as another, and relationship building as well as lead generation. I would say that to measure your goals, average consumption rate, like I mentioned, is a great metric for engagement. So that's measuring how much on average your listeners are tuning into your show. If you have an average engagement rate of 25%, then that's an issue. Uh, that means that uh, your listeners aren't tuning into a lot of your show and you should be looking at maybe cutting it down so it's shorter, uh, adding in some sort of transition at that time period, changing up the format, the topics, whatever it may be to try to increase that engagement rate. We aim to have at least an 80 to 85 percent average engagement rate. And I would say that's pretty typical for a lot of podcasts as well. So you want them listening to the majority of the show. 
again, obviously it's dependent on your show, its length and who your audience is. I would also say that unique listeners is a great metric to be looking at uh, over downloads. So downloads is tracking the overall amount of uh, downloads that your show has gotten, whereas unique listeners is tracking the actual number of listeners that your show has. So it's the more accurate and true tell for how many listeners you have for your show. For example, if I listen to your podcast five times, that would be five downloads, but one unique listener. Uh, so it's just a more accurate tell for, for your true audience size. I would also say downloads over time. Um, obviously, especially for the long-term strategy, obviously you want to see that chart going up. Uh, so you want to see increased downloads over time. But that can be a great tell if you are comparing it to seasons, if you recently changed up your topic or format and you want to see if that changed the uh, increase in downloads at all. And then there are metrics like top performing episode versus latest performing episode, episode comparison charts that are all useful. But I would say audience feedback is also going to be one of your main drivers. So gather that via ratings and reviews, gather that via direct message, send out surveys, whatever it has to be. But that's one of the best tells for how your podcast is performing and how people are resonating. Well, I would be uh, tickled if somebody listens to my podcast five times on one episode. <laughs> um, I don't know that that happens. But uh, and also, you know, if you use it for lead generation, as you mentioned, I think it was the state of demand gen podcast who said something like some crazy number of their customers mention their podcast, right? And so they actually have a, a, an open-end question in their form and say, how did you hear about us or whatever? And a lot of people say that. In the last 30 seconds, Allison, you really want to uh, thank you to, for sharing your knowledge. Very, very uh, insightful. But tell us what your company does, who should reach out to it, and, uh, and, and, and how do they sign up? Yeah, so Quill is a podcast production agency. Uh, so if you're looking to produce your own branded podcast, you can reach us at quillpodcasting.com. And Cohost is a podcast hosting and analytics software that was built for branded podcasts. So whether you're a brand, agency, or producer, then the platform is for you. And you can find us at cohostpodcasting.com. That's a wrap. Thanks for tuning in. Please rate and review our show on your favorite podcast channels. And don't forget to share this episode with your networks. We appreciate you. Until next time, let the best stories win.